Welcome to the Relationships Matter podcast. I'm your host, Dan Doster. Are you considering a career change? Don't go it alone. Come, join the discussion, and listen as my mid-career guests discover and reveal their decision-making process to move from successful business jobs to consulting, entrepreneuring, or taking early retirement. Welcome to the show. My friend and guest, Joseph Northcutt, has made a number of pivots in his career, each one opening up new areas of discovery into his passions and capabilities. Listen as Joseph shares his insights into the process of making those changes and how his focus on moving forward propelled him into his next adventure. Welcome to the show, Joseph. Hey, thanks. I'm glad to be here with you today. So tell me a little bit about your background. What are some of the highlights of your career thus far? Well, it's been rich for sure. And, uh, you know, I got four distinct careers that I can say I've gone through over these many, many years. And, and so the first one, I started out being trained as a professional musician to be a military bandsman and decided not to do that, but uh, became a high school band teacher. And, and then through that mix, decided I want to do music in church. So I ended up uh, getting uh, credentials to be able to lead church music. And during one of those uh, 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 jobs that I was serving in a church, you know, I moved over into or transitioned over into pastoral care, working specifically with single adult uh, ministry uh, issues and support and training and equipping people, you know, helping people where they were at their point of pain. And, and then that transitioned over into publishing. And in that publishing, I uh, found myself uh, becoming an equipping leader, a multiplying leader. Uh, it was more training focused and setting up training events across the country and, and equipping and training leaders to do uh, ministry in the church. So that was that was really rich because I've got to see exponential growth. And, you know, you can train people, uh, you can you can train people one by one. But if you train people to be able to train other people, then you've exponentially grown everything. And and that shifted, uh, and then uh, about 20 years ago, uh, things shifted to me uh, again in um, Christian publishing to where uh, I was setting up a training team now to do all that across the country. And then recently, the last three or four years, uh, it transitioned into uh, a sales uh, commission uh, process. And that was uh, a huge shift. That was a huge pivot for me. Uh, I had a lot of skills and had a knowledge base, but that was the the one shift or pivot that really I uh, didn't know whether I could do it or not. But I'm grateful that I was able to to make it through it, and I'm still learning about it. And I'm just grateful to to be able to do what I'm doing today. And are you still involved in music? Uh, a little bit. I. Uh, I get my uh, mental relief by going to my piano and sitting down and playing for 45 minutes every day. Um, wow. 45 and, minutes a day. Uh, yeah. I just sit down, <laughs> I just sit down and start playing, like push a record on and I just start playing. I play by ear. So, um, but uh, I was trained professionally on a, on a brass horn called euphonium. Um, I don't play that much anymore. I can't breathe anymore. You know, I can't buzz it, uh, buzz the instrument. But um, yes, I do. I, I used to, uh, well, within the last 20 years, I was serving serving on a church staff, uh, doing just uh, interim music for a church. But in recent years, I've basically uh, focused in that, you know, my I need to pour all my stuff, time into what I'm currently doing. Uh, 
And so I still love music. It's still in the background. I think about it every day. I listen to it every day uh, for sure. Uh, but uh, that's where I had to leave my music career behind. That was a big shift um, because of all the professional training I had and all the dreams that people had for me and the expectations of what they thought I would become and do. Uh, when I stepped away from that, that was stepping away from my identity. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize uh, what is my new identity and what is my new expertise. And I didn't know what it was at that time, but but I was able to move through a path that equipped me and trained me and uh, and gave me a, a deeper passion, you know, for what I uh, was purposed to do in life. As I recall, you, you have a, a brother who's a musician, do you not? Absolutely. Well, all my brothers and sisters were all musicians, but uh, my younger brother uh, is a professional tuba player. And he, uh, uh, and I recognized I was older, I was eight years older than him, and I recognized he had a gift of playing. I encouraged him to to consider pursuing that as a career. And lo and behold, he took my advice and I was scared to death of what I had, what I had just done to him. <laughs> um, but he pursued it and he, he got into the right places. He got with the right people, the right teachers. And so today he serves as a tuba professor at Cincinnati Conservatory in Cincinnati, Ohio, at Cincinnati University, and also plays uh, for tuba for the uh, Dayton Philharmonic in Dayton, Ohio. Very nice. Very nice. And let's see, you mentioned a publisher. Was that a Christian publisher that you worked for? Yes. So the first uh, publishing uh, ministry organization I worked for was Lifeway Christian Resources in Nashville, Tennessee. They basically was the publishing house for Southern Baptist uh, Convention, but uh, expanded their reach to become a global publishing uh, house. And so I was with them for six years. And in that process, uh, my role was to take the products that they were producing and training churches and leaders on how to use those products. And then that moved over, you know, out of that ministry to the current uh, company I'm with, Church Initiative, uh, which is focusing on four basic products of helping people at their point of pain, you know, people going through a divorce, a separation, uh, children of divorce, people that are grieving the death of a loved one. Uh, So we created uh, support group tools for churches to use how to best uh, minister to people and help people in those issues. Very good. Very good. Well, so let's uh, let's narrow it in a little bit and see if we can uh, you think across that long arc of your career. You've done obviously many interesting things. Uh, and and had to make transitions at a number of points. But if you if you dial it in on one of those pivots or transitions where you had to decide what next, tell me how you thought about and thought through that decision making process. How did you go from something that you'd been doing and suddenly said, "It's time for me to do something different"? How did you think about that? Well, a little bit unusual for me. I never thought uh, every job I had was the best job I've ever had. And I poured myself into that. And and along the way, I always knew that I was being equipped. And when I would hit challenges or problems and trying to find solutions, I knew that those were growth areas for me, that I was learning something new. And I had no idea as to why I was having to learn it now uh, for what purpose in the future. But I did uh, realize that when uh, a shift came, uh, it really sometimes uh, it wasn't uh, me thinking I need to do something different. It was like, okay, I'm getting ready to lose my job. Okay, what am I going to do next? You know, and then that question was real. What next? And so, uh, not 
the uncertainty of knowing how do you uh, regain profitability for your family? Uh, how long will that take? You know, uh, I realized too that I had uh, a large skill set, uh, and there was multiple things I could do. But where I was challenged is, what is the one thing that I want to do? that I'm very passionate about. And, and to sort through that, I had to do, uh, I had to make sure I understood my personality. I had to understand my strengths and skills. And more than anything, I understand what am I really passionate about? Because, you know, I could go into a church and do every function of the church, except maybe the preaching. Um, but I could do that on Monday, but what am I going to do uh, Tuesday through Friday? <laughs> you know, so uh, I decided that in all these transitions, the one specific one uh, that happened recently uh, in the last two or three years was where I've been a trainer of trainers and uh, providing support to churches on how to use these tools. And now I shifted into a pivot, I pivoted over into an area of sales of now working with churches on uh, giving them information and influencing them to be able to make a decision uh, to purchase materials that they can use to help people. And that truly uh, was a major shift. I didn't, I had never done sales in my mind. Then I realized after I got going in this stuff, I've been doing sales from the very beginning. <laughs> it was like, you know, and I probably should have started in sales a way long time ago. But well, so so uh, so you went from developing materials in your current company and then selling those materials. And when you when you came to that point where it was time to consider selling, was there a process you went through? Was there a particular book you read? Was there a methodology? You, you said you mentioned that you assessed your personality. What what else? And, and of course, I'm asking to the extent that others. Uh, I find every day I meet somebody who is in a transition and they're, they're right where you have four years ago, you passed through that and somehow you got to the other side. And so part of what these episodes of podcasts are about is for those who are in the midst of the anxiety and in the midst of the turmoil of urgently finding the next step. And so you, you obviously have successfully navigated many times in your career. And so if you think just about that last one, uh, it, it, what, what, what did you do that allowed you to get through that and not just, you know, curl up in the fetal position and lay in the corner? Well, again, I uh, like I said earlier, I feel that uh, every job I've had has been the best job I've had. And, and then with all the challenges and the uh, problems that were encountered, the things that I learned from that, I found myself over the years uh, working with people who lost their jobs and, net and helping them know how to network and so forth. And I had no idea why I was doing that, except then when I was experiencing, I was learning a lot more how to do it better. And so then I uh, continued to give my time to people as I saw that they – they were anxious. So I realized that getting anxious and worried about what's going to happen next wasn't going to do me any good. Uh, what I needed to do is to do some steps. I did along the way. I found a gentleman by the name of Dan Miller. Dan Miller created a company called 48 Days. I think it's 48days.net is where you'll find it. But he has a, a specific process. I'm actually moving toward how to, to uh, live out your your um, passions and your purpose uh, through entrepreneurship. Mm. And uh, it was a, he has a, 
uh, a 48 day plan of how you can systematically walk through. And part of that plan is, is doing the personality assessment. And he has a great uh, tool there that you can take that can uh, give you perspective on, on uh, what, who you are and how you react, you know, any personality profile, you know, whether it's the Briggs Myers or the disc or you just name them. Uh, I would say just pick one and just try to understand yourself. Uh, I've taken those so many times over the years that my personality is very, very consistent, you know, and I can think I want to try to, 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 to flip this thing and, and I come back. No, this is who I am. I have to. Get stuck with it. You're stuck so, with it. You're stuck with it, Joseph. It's yeah. you. It, you are who you are. So, I, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I learned that, um, you know, instead of worrying about it, I needed to go down a path and start trying to answer that question. What's next? And then why is that important to me? And then I need to research and find out, OK, where's my best fit? Uh, the best thing I did was uh, was start asking for help. So I asked people that I knew in my network, I let let them know that I was available to I'm moving and ask them to if they knew of anything, they could network me. And in my present job um, with Church Initiative actually came that way. I was in a transition and I called uh, the president of this company and I said, I'd like to talk to you about uh, being an executive leader for uh, some of the, the churches uh, in your company that you're selling to. And uh, within five minutes, 10 minutes, he stopped the conversation. He says, I want to hire you right now on the spot. <laughs> and I said, well, I didn't call you about you hiring me on the spot. Uh, but he, he said, I really, I'm serious. I really want to spend some time with you. Uh, you are the, you are the kind of person I want to add to my team. And so that's how I got here 18 years ago. Uh, but in this recent uh, pivot, uh, I began to go back and, uh, and because it was moving into sales, uh, I had to learn uh, what, what makes a good salesman? What is a, what is the sales process? And so I immediately researched, I'm a reader. So I began to get books and I read them very fast. And so I began to read a lot of books and, uh, obviously not every book has stuff that's helpful. So I, I took what was helpful that one or two ideas and threw out the rest. And then I, <laughs> I tried to make, uh, make that process, you know, applicable and started to learn how to do that. And uh, the end of the, the bottom line for all of it is that I realized that sales to me is all about relationships and about uh, listening carefully. And sometimes uh, the person you're trying to sell to, um, they don't know what they need. So learning how to frame the question for them so they begin to think, yeah, this is, and then be able to lead them. And uh, in my work with churches, I have, I've understood that the sales cycle for church is not uh, immediate. It's usually mm-hmm. about a four to six month window to do, to cultivate a relationship. So I just uh, uh, became very intuitive to what I was hearing and listening to. And sometimes I would push a little bit, but I had to know how, how, how I could push for the cell uh, or just kind of let it alone and let, let it take care of itself. And what I've discovered is that uh, it has taken care of itself and I don't lose any sleep overnight thinking, well, the work I did today, I might be able to do it six <laughs> months from today. Um, but, uh, but I have been able to make an income. That's, oh, that's terrific. How, how many churches do you suppose you've spoken to in the last five years? Uh, over 50,000. Plus. Oh my goodness! Is that right? 
Yeah, it's, it's a it's a lot now. Uh, speaking to interacting with churches come in various forms. Uh, talking to them is one thing, and that uh, I couldn't have done fifty thousand by just speaking to them. But through internet, through um, email exchanges, through chats, through stuff like that, uh, I found that I one of the things I discovered in myself uh, in working with pastors is that I have to be on their schedule, and sometimes their schedule is at two o'clock uh, on Sunday morning when they're getting up and they're looking at email stuff or 11 o'clock at night. And so I just uh, be available to catch information and interact with them. And if they want to talk, uh, if they want to ask a question, I have a uh, a scheduling uh, app where they can go in and sign up for a specific time. You know, I give them, you know, time slots. You know, I, I learned with pastors, too, that if I only have I only have two minutes to connect with them. Wow. If, I, if I can't connect with them in two minutes, uh, done. Uh, I'm done. So I just had to learn how to ask the right question and to present myself in such a way that I'm believable and that I'm sincere, that I'm not aggressive trying to sell them something. Matter of fact, I've actually talked out several churches buying our stuff simply because their their agenda and how they wanted to use it uh, was not correct. And I just thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sell this to you. Or you need to think about buying it, not buying this right now. You're not ready to buy this right now. Mm-hmm. So that now was out, out of those 50,000, how many became customers? Uh, that's hard to say. Currently, right now, we have uh, uh, probably 30,000 plus customers. Wow. Now, that's over, uh, that goes back to the beginning of our company. We're, that's 25 years of work. I've been with it for 18. But um, that's, you know, you know, every year, you know, we add, uh, depending on what we're producing and what we're updating and upgrading, uh, sometimes that will jump between three to four, 5,000 accounts in that year. Uh, but consistently, uh, over a 25-year process, we have about 30,000 accounts. So if you back to something you said earlier in this call, uh, impacting others to impact others. So if you were to say, on average, uh, each of those 30,000 churches had how many people in a program? Yeah. So um, one of the ways that we measure is through the sale of a participant workbook representing an individual. Okay. So we have, uh, or uh, several years ago, overreached the sale of a million copies of the one of our product workbooks, and uh, two years ago reached the second product over a million copies purchased. And that doesn't really uh, tell you a lot, uh, except that you know sometimes a person will continue to go through a cycle of a, of a process, you know, a couple of times, and they won't buy another workbook. They already have the workbook. So, um, and we impact a lot of people, uh, a lot of participants through uh, some other um, um, email devotional thoughts, that kind of stuff, where they may never come into a group. Uh, But it has been interesting to see that the exponential growth is that when I first started 18 years ago, most of our churches had only one leader. And I knew that, well, if one leader uh, has stuff going on in their life, then that ministry that <laughs> shuts down. Sure. So we needed to build a team. And so we started beating that drum from the very beginning. And today, uh, there's not, there's not very many churches that, that start out with just one leader. They start out with two, three or four. In terms of teaching the materials. That's correct. That's correct. Gotcha. Well, so, um, so you've made this pivot four years ago. Uh, tell me, 
was it the right move? Uh, does it feel like you're going in the right direction? Are you going to pivot again? Uh, is this the last pivot? Uh, yeah, I'll pivot into retirement so I can spend time with my grandkids. Well, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Good. Uh, the thing I discovered when I made the pivot that I was surprised about is that uh, I now had the platform to talk to more pastors than I ever had before. Uh, and uh, not that I was not talking to pastors. Yeah, I talked to pastors and they buy the materials. Now I shift over talking to the lay, the lay leadership. Uh, and so the pastors are out of the loop, but now I've been able to talk to pastors, you know, straight up. And so that has been a great thing. And to define myself being helpful again, not many times, not selling anything at all to them, but just being helpful to them to encourage them and to be able to, to say, you know, uh, you can redirect people to other groups in your community that are offering these you don't have to do it yourself but if your church is going to offer it you know here's the here's the steps you need to do the strategies you need to embrace and we're here to support you we'll help you do this you know uh like unlike most publishing uh, our particular publishing uh organization has ministry coaches who are on mm-hmm. the front line and so uh when a, a person is talking about how they facilitate a group or do something like that well our person that's helping them are also have been there a seasoned experience and everything whereas most publishing you sell a product and you're on your own to figure it out mm-hmm. so we oh, have we have consultants and uh, ministry coaches to help churches to to and that, that's what i was doing before that i made this pivot was uh helping churches how to equip and train their leaders to do these programs effectively so any any regrets for having this last pivot? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I'm just grateful. I wasn't ready to end my career. Uh, I wanted to continue to start, and this was an option that was presented to me. And I, yeah, I could have probably stepped away from the organization and go find something else. But uh, I already had such a passion for helping people that I didn't make sense to jump to something else. I just had to figure out how to do it. And so I'm grateful that uh, I've been able to make that pivot. And uh, there's been challenges uh, still trying to figure out. I'm always every day trying to figure out how can I best connect and give information to people and be helpful to them. Uh, and so uh, how, how do I generate leads? I mean, that's a big question. Yeah, I can do cold calls and I can take a list, but is that really the most effective use of my time other than trying to uh, listen carefully and uh, create those um, mechanisms for people to come to us and then to have immediate follow-up, giving them the right information without trying to push it, but just they're just interested. And so how can I whet their appetite to have a desire to want more? So any advice for others who might be considering a mid-career change? Yeah, the, the thing I learned over the years for me has been I went through uh, three, sh- three pivots. This is my, my third one uh, as far as the career. And um, the thing I learned, and this is what has been most helpful when I talk to people looking for making a shift, is just remind yourself that I am one day closer to being my next assignment. And so I don't have to think I'm six months closer or a year closer. No, I'm just one day closer. Tomorrow could be the day. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, when I called uh, the, the president, my president organization, you know, I was just networking to get a job, uh, maybe to look at some churches, and he hired me on the spot. And <laughs> it's like, okay, that never happens to many people. Uh, the second thing I would just say is uh, be bold and be courageous. Um, ask for help. You know, identify people that can support you and encourage you that that may be connectors. You know, an, uh, a resume is not going to get you a job. 
Mm-hmm. It's going to happen through who do you know. And so um, that's important. I, I would uh, be sure to make sure you know what your passion and what your skill set is and how those merge together. And then um, just be patient, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but you have to work every day. Sure. You know, when you're making a shift, if you're if you're in the middle of a career and you're shifting, uh, your time is limited. How much time you can put to to look at what, what do I want to do next? Because you're still working full time and all that kind of stuff, and it, you have to work long hours to to do that shift. But if you've transitioned from job to another job and you've been let go of a job and now you got to figure out what to do next, then every day needs to be full time. Now, uh, one of my early the, probably the first the first shift I had, um, it took me eight months mm. to get into the next assignment. Wow. But, every, but every day I got up, got dressed, I went to work. You know, you I, sometimes I went to another building. I left my home. I went to a place and created a workspace mentality that today I'm working, you know, on getting a full-time job. And I had to give myself permission. I had to, to say, you have to do this. And it was not fun, and uh, there was no room to be depressed and sad and angry and all that kind of stuff. Now, those are all the emotions that were involved, but I had to learn how to cut through that. And uh, so that I would say probably the number one thing was uh, was reminding myself that I am one day closer. And it this will pass, and I'll be in my next assignment, and I probably will be tremendously surprised about how I ended up here. And that's the way my current uh, position is as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. What a great time. And uh, I just wish you, I hope this podcast can be an encouragement to those who may listen to it in the future. My thanks to Joseph for sharing his insights into the importance of being patient yet disciplined in pursuing a plan for career change. Joseph reminded us that during a transition time, as each day passes, your new assignment is one day closer. Use each day to grow and stretch towards refining your focus and expanding your relationships. This brings us to the end of the Relationships Matter podcast. I'm your host, Dan Doster. Thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out via email, dan.relationshipsmatter at gmail.com. And remember, as my dad always said, the fun is in the run.